everyone. This is Chris Benton with the State of the Music Business Podcast. And those of you may know me from the Chris and Sandy show uh, where we interview up-and-coming artists. But the State of the Music Business Podcast, we started this a few months ago to kind of bring on the business side of music. You know, for those of you that know us, you know that we end up um, interviewing a lot of great artists. And But you don't really hear the business side, what goes on, what behind the scenes of, of music, um, how money's made, you know, where it's going. Because in this COVID um, thing, that's kind of important. So we decided to bring this back, and this is going to eventually be a conference and everything, yearly conference, as we grow. But today we're excited to bring back the show with uh, Michael Blanton of Songwriting University. We really couldn't pick a better person. He's done a lot of stuff for the music industry. He's been in it for years. Now I'll let him explain his little backstory a little bit. So, Michael, are you here? Yeah, thank you. Good morning. Glad to be here with you. And usually the shows, my wife and I both do it, but on, on the state of business one, I do it. So just <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's, that's fine. I, I, I would love to have visited with her, but, hey, you're in charge, so I'll follow your lead. <laughs> so um, tell everybody a little bit about you how you got started in the music and what you actually do for music right now. Yeah, I, thank you. I'm, I'll try to give you a brief rundown. Uh, I've been doing it for 40 years and I started as a, wow. as a young, young A&R punk uh, in uh, Texas <laughs> trying to figure out uh, working for a word records, which was a Christian label still is and, uh, <laughs> and started there and, uh, and kind of cut my teeth learning how to be an A&R guy, which I thought didn't know exactly where that was going to lead me, but it really brought out one of my mm-hmm. gifts of just of being able to, uh, you know, seek and find new talent, new songwriters, new artists, figure mm-hmm. out how to develop them. And to this very day, that's still what I do. I still have a management wing of what I'm doing, working mm-hmm. with artists, but um, uh, I'm still probably uh, listed as a manager and as an executive producer, have, have run record labels and publishing companies and have you know had multi uh, genre huge arena tours mm-hmm. that have managed all of that. Oh, wow. So I've kind of seen all parts of the business over the years. Uh, Amy Grant was one of my very first clients, and and still to this day is one of my dearest friends. And so I got to run with her in the development. She she would probably say she developed <laughs> me. I'll just say I got to develop her. But whatever it was, we did it hand in other. hand. Exactly. And so um, we had a we had a great run. Uh, for 30 plus years together. And then uh, I have moved on still working with some other new artists and, and still love the art of, of finding the new and developing the new artists and the new songs. So that's still the, my heartbeat is what I would say. Yeah, because that's one thing I've learned, you know, we've been around the music business, I guess about six years now. One thing I've learned is the songwriting is really what's the most powerful part of the 100%. Whole, I mean, yes, artists are great, and they and they do the great job. But without the songwriters, we lose music. Yeah, and so that's that's a great little segue for me to pick up on that because, I mean, if you're in the music business, there's no question. Everybody mm-hmm. says it starts with a song. We all know that it starts mm-hmm. with a song. However, you know, just five years ago, six years ago in this town, and and Music City is Music City, but it is yeah. its iconic signature is it songwriters. I mean, that's what makes yeah. Music City different than everybody's because we have <laughs> songwriters. Well, most of those songwriters over the years have been signed to publishing deals because uh, as, you would, as you would write songs, 
Um, they might get you on, you know, uh, Keith Urban's next CD. You might be the, the 12th cut on there, but you're getting uh-huh. paid at the same rate as the as the big hit song, the number one cut. Mm-hmm. So, so in reality, it was much easier for publishers to sign developing writers, put them out, you know, because mm-hmm. we had these CD sales. We had these CDs that download. I, even Apple mm-hmm. Music originally, you could just, you, you got the whole album. You didn't buy one song. Yeah. So that was, a that, you know, that business, even though we, we hated to see the retail sale of CDs go away. The new thing was you could download these CDs, and, and so we mm-hmm. were all doing it. But since then, and there's probably the numbers that I've heard, we were close. You know, there's probably 4,500 to 5,000 songwriters that used to have publishing deals in this city. Mm-hmm. And then probably in the last, gosh, in the last, uh, that number has shrunk down to, and the most recently I heard is around 400 writers in this wow. city have publishing deals. Well, so wow. in a city that is, that is rich with songwriters, I mean, uh, abundant, and it is the mm-hmm. iconic signature of Nashville, you really don't want to lose. Uh, you, don't yeah. wanna, you don't wanna lose that. And, and so it, this um, songwriting university was kind of born out of two of those songwriters that were sitting mm-hmm. home going, you know, what do we do? We, we still love to write. <laughs> I'd still love to get Keith mm-hmm. Urban to record one of my songs, but how do I do that? And, you know, I, you know, the only way we can do it, but I'm not going down to a publishing company anymore. I'm, I guess I'll just start doing writing digitally, uh, online, mm-hmm. Skyping or Zooming. I'll start writing that way. And then I'll go see if I can get Keith Urban to cut it. And then that led to, well, if I'm, if I'm Joe living in Topeka, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, how do I get, I want to be in music. I, I'm, you know, you I have just, no chance. I'm, I, I've been. <laughs> I don't have no chance unless I move to Nashville and get a deal. I mean, that's what I've been mm-hmm. for the last 40 years. I've seen our kids after kids move here. And without question, we always tell them, build your network, go find your, go find your collaborative writing team, people you can write mm-hmm. with, become a better writer. You may be an artist, but be a writer. Start developing your writing yep. with other really good writers. And then that really will lead to, that's going to open up the door for you. Some of those people failed. We're not good enough writers, and they went back to Topeka, and then some of those really turned out to be like Brett James from Oklahoma, who was uh, originally mm-hmm. somebody I was oh, wow. uh, talking and working with, and here Brett James comes mm-hmm. along, and he wants to be an artist, <laughs> but he, he develops his network, and, and uh, he winds up being one of the greatest writers of all time. He, he, he came, wow. he left med school. He left med school in Oklahoma because he wanted wow. to be in the music business. Well, the way he did that, he had to come to Nashville, build his network, and the world we live in today if the publishers are not signing more writers, we're, we're truly mm-hmm. caught in a different storm. And that storm mm-hmm. is leaving a lot of great writers sitting at home going, how do I make money? How do I feed my family? And then how do I, how do I chase my passion and my passion to make the music? So yeah. Songwriting University is the, is the, you know, the online digital portal for, for uh, Joe sitting in Topeka to be able to say, well, I want to know if I'm good enough, if I could just write with a really mm. good Nashville songwriter. And so we've <laughs> aggregated a, a great handful mm. of those guys together on Songwriting You, and you can come by a session and actually mm. co-write for two hours on a Zoom call with great writers who've got great success oh, wow. over the years and actually finish a song or work on two or three songs and mm. actually find out, do you have something? And that song will go through a filter that, may wind up on mm-hmm. my desk or wind up, on, you know, with me, or it may wind up that we'll actually get a sync on it. We'll take it somewhere and actually get it where it's going to be reviewed for a Netflix movie or for an ABC sitcom. Who knows? But the whole mm-hmm. point is 
Joe in Topeka just made a connection that he, he never would have had before. And, oh, by the way, the fact that he bought that session, he just helped make that mm-hmm. Nashville songwriter some money that very day here yeah. in Nashville. So, so the, wow. the songwriter without a deal sitting around going, gosh, I, you know, I'd love to write. I'd do that all day to, you know, I'm not, it's not so much uh, a paying gig as much as it's a creative mm-hmm. opportunity for me to create my art. And, and you know what? It protects the, the iconic signature of Nashville. So does that make sense a little bit? What I just walked yeah. you through? Yeah, yeah that, that definitely makes sense. And that makes me, reminds me of an article I read, um, I guess about five years ago, four years ago. It's been several years. Um, so it's probably even worse now, <laughs> of course. But I remember reading an probably. article about, Nash, about um, Nashville songwriters, and it talked about that, of all the ones that were full-time songwriters where they were making a living off of it in the 90s and early 2000s, that it was like 80% of them could no longer do it. That's right. And make a living. That's right. So that number is, is the number I'm referring to, which has shrunk again. So uh, obviously music's not going to go away, and obviously yeah. publishers are not going to go away. There's more of them, but you know what? You can't, you can't afford to sign mm-hmm. writers and just have them sitting in your corral hoping they're going to write a song and help Keith Urban cuts it. Because now we're all listening to music. I hate this part. We're all listening to one song at a time. You know, we stream one song mm-hmm. or we go, to yeah. a, we go to a playlist and we listen to one song. It used to be, we, you know, as a, in the early days and not, not that long ago days, we used to make these CD projects that really, I mean, the sequencing of that was important. The actual the, the flow mm-hmm. of the music and the story. I, I look at Casey Musgrave's huh. oh, last well. album and go, what a great a reminder of an album that mm-hmm. felt like it all fit together and it kind of, you can sit there and enjoy the whole thing as opposed to just mm-hmm. one song at a time. I mean, so I, I think where we're at, uh, it, we, you know, I can't change it. We're going to be in this streaming. Uh, in fact, I read this morning Forever. that Sony made a billion dollars on their streaming wow. in first quarter of 2020. So when you think about the money that's being made on the streaming side, well, then the writers are the ones that have got to, I mean, the, the writers that can't get really, on. And, yeah, and they're really, they're really and, in a place. And, to, you know, the ahead. artists get shafted anyway with streaming, but the writers oh, really get shafted. Well, and, and they, can't, they can't do anything other than, for most of the guys that I know, they love, this is their mm-hmm. love. They love to write. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they want to write. They're, they, of course, everybody knows if you've got a Keith Urban number one song, you're probably going to make you know, close to a million dollars across yeah. all of the airwaves, the radio, the streaming, mm-hmm. everything. But, but that is that is for the fortunate few. And yet, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, uh, songwriting, the streaming numbers are coming up. So the best mm-hmm. we can do is continue to create great music with great songwriters. And so now I'm offering Joe and Topeka an opportunity mm-hmm. to dial in to write with very successful historic songwriters that have got great experience, great wisdom. They'll help you work on your song, and then we can get to decide, you know, are you going to be able to stay in this game and keep growing and become, uh, you know, a successful songwriter? Because I truly mm-hmm. believe out of this, this experience, we're going to wind up landing on one of those uh, number one hit songs for Keith Urban. Yep. Now, what do you think um, about now? Because, again, like I said, when we first launched the state of the music business, it was really wanting to talk about the, the business side of music and all that, and it was before COVID. And now right. with COVID – that's been a game changer because, you know, yeah, no I, I remember when, because I remember when we interviewed Joe Kelly um, from CDX Nashville, um, one of the things he talked about, he goes, um, we're now in the independent phase 
of music. He said there's no reason right. that that an artist can't get out there and make a full-time living without a label. Because he, he said you don't want to go to a label too early or they screwed you. Even if you don't think you got screwed, you got screwed. <laughs> and, <laughs> he, he, and he said, but you make your money off your shows and live concerts and merch and all that. Well, now that's gone for now. Yeah, yeah. What does they right. do? I mean, how, how you know, is, I mean, what happens if it's not till next year before the real shows come back what's yeah. what do you think artists and songwriters can do to help guide them through this mess well i first of all you you've described the, the situation part of the problem is you know and i've been watching it just like everybody else all the artists are jumping online they're they're just throwing music out there trying to stay in touch with their their fans or trying to Mm-hmm. Just you know, everybody's dying to throw music out there, and and so the first thing is we're not doing it with very good quality. We're not really being, we're just throwing it out there. Just it sounds like a you know I feel like we've gone back to the sounds of cassettes or something when when you mm-hmm. listen to the sound because we're not we're not doing it with our presentation is not is not great yet. And I think the novelty mm-hmm. of it of just being online streaming is okay, but that's going to start improving. Yeah where people are going to start demanding, I really would like to have really good quality, whether it's whether I'm listening to, you know, Keith Urban or Sheryl Crow, or if I'm watching my worship service online, the quality needs, I, I, you know, if we're going to be sitting here at home, it needs to be good. So I think that's going to start changing. And I think mm-hmm. the storyline of, of what songs we're looking for, I think you're going to start seeing, uh, besides the artists, there's going to be a thematic part of songs that's going to start coming out. In fact, I got one this morning from a friend in Texas that sent me a song that it, it's totally in support of our nurses and our doctors. And, and so I'm sitting there mm-hmm. going, you know what, that, that is as likely to catch fire and be all, instantly streamed around the, the globe. And, and then even with Songwriting University, some of our, one of our writers, we did a song called Kinder that is – uh, just it was just that it's just talking mm-hmm. about we got to be kinder to each other. Well, you know what those thematic yep. songs like that, even if they don't mm-hmm. have Keith Urban on them, they're going to catch on and people are going to be looking yep. for. I need I need that my music. I need hope. I need encouragement. I need something. So I think we're going to see the product change a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're never going to get away from artists doing their product, but we're going to yeah. see more opportunities to create different kind of content. And you know something I've noticed because. Because, again, we've been around for a few years, not like not 40 like you, <laughs> but we've been – Yeah, I'm just a kid, too. Years. I'm just 20, so yeah. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, but something I've noticed is, you know, until the COVID, a lot of the rising, uh, rising artists and up-and-coming artists, they've always done these live little shows um, online. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. now, because of the COVID and, – and, again, nothing against the big artists. They're just trying to do for their yeah. fans – but sometimes I'm, I think that the smaller artists are getting overwritten because so many of the big artists are now doing this. That's right. That's right. They're actually doing what the young independent artists, and going back to your independent statement, we are totally in the world of independent. In fact, uh, more of the artists that come in for us to talk about managing or developing them, mm-hmm. they're coming in going, can we hire you as a consultant and as, as an advisor to help us build our label, our product, our team, as opposed to the way it used to be, that they would come to me and I'd say, hey, we're going to sign you and we're going to go get a deal for you. Those days have have really squeezed down. That still happens, but more mm-hmm. and more today, you've got young artists here going, coming in and saying, look, I, 
I want to invest in my own story, my own label, my own music. How do I do that? Can you come along, help me build that and grow this thing? And uh, that's what we're seeing more and more on the independent side. Uh, and even, I've, and I heard this number, and I know this has changed, 40% of the music on Spotify is all from independent mm-hmm. artists. So when you start oh, wow. thinking about what, what's happening there, uh, the mm-hmm. power of the big labels right now is that they have, they have a special privilege in the digital streaming platform. So uh-huh. they've got the money to invest, but they can, they can afford to sit and wait till you break as an artist. They don't, have to, yeah. they don't have to have a creative heartbeat to go, oh, I need to sign this girl or this guy. They can, yeah, they don't they have can to lose money now. That's right. So they can sit back, and they've got great catalogs, and their catalogs are all streaming, and they're, they're making money on that. Mm. So they're, they're, they're making money, but they're not investing in artist development. So the independent artist comes to people like us and people like you, many guys like me, and they come in and say, look, I, you've got a great history. Can you help me build this thing? And I, the first thing I would probably do is go, if you're a songwriter, you need to go to Songwriting You, and let's, let's work on your songs. If they're an artist, mm-hmm. and they come in and say, no, 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 I'd, I'd, I'd like to hire you to be that captain of my ship, then we, we have started doing some of those deals where we're literally a hired consultant to help them build their own product and their own line. Well, and – and you know, I mean, it, it's when you look back right now, what are some moments where? And, and well, before I go there, there's something that I wanted to get out. And have you heard of this? And, and again, one of the things I do, I try to do on this show is not just talk about the good stuff, but you know, some of the ugliness of music too. In fact, we even had Jill Pavel on um, a few weeks ago. We got a month ago or so, I guess. And boy, she just laid it out there on stuff. And again, I want to give a platform for people. <laughs> If they feel like something needs to be said, they can say it. And, and yeah. like one of the things that I've learned, and I would have had no idea that some labels – Now, again, this is not saying all labels do this. You know, I want to be clear about that. But yeah. something I've learned that some labels do, and this – and I'm not sure what I think about it. I mean I hate to even think about this. But if they got an artist that they poured millions of dollars in, and right. you're an artist, and you're up and coming, and you're rising fast, and you and they can tell that you kind of compete with that artist. I've had stories yeah. told to me that they will come to you, offer you a deal to be a part of their label, um, because they know you won't read the contract. And then when you sign, they bench you for three years, so yeah. you ain't competing with that. And and then and when that three years is up, if their artists have taken off, they drop you. Yeah, And I'm sitting there like – I had several artists tell me that this has happened to people they know, and I'm sitting there like, yeah. really? How, how does <laughs> stuff like that happen? Uh, well, you know? <laughs> I would just tell you – well, first of all, you, you probably got the wrong guy to, that, uh, that really would throw any dirt on the table, not because it's not true. there's not truth to it. The yeah. fact is I, I've lived in this game so long, and I'm probably the, either the worst or the greatest optimist. I'm always going – it's going to work out. We're going to get there. But to your point, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but to your point, I I would say labels were not trying to be uh, vindictive or weird, but they were fearful. Yeah. Where they used to be the ones who would sign artists and then strategize mm-hmm. how to release them. There has been times mm-hmm. in the past where a lot of labels just started. They signed artists that they they didn't want them to go to another label, so they would sign them. Mm-hmm. Not that they weren't going to the pull them out. But they would just yeah. sit on them waiting for a time because there's only so many artists you can throw out there every year. So exactly. you're right. Labels would – they would start gathering their 
their chick riders and start, you know, put them in the hen house and say, well, wait, just wait. It'll be a couple of years. Keep riding. We'll get there. But they weren't trying to do that to be mean, but it comes across yeah. that way if you're that artist who, who's all of a sudden you've been here three years and nothing's happening. You're going, okay, guys, this is not what I signed up for. So the pain is, it, the truth is it can be, that's a really painful experience for right now. I definitely know some artists who've done that, who've been through that. And there's stories but behind at the that. Same, and, you know, and the great thing is there's, there's stories, there's songs in that. Oh, absolutely. All the songs are in that. I mean, families get hurt. People are, you know, your greatest days, you call your parents and say, I just got signed to this big label, and then you wait around three years, your parents would go like, what did you get signed to? Where are you? Now, I will tell you, most in most of the cases that, that I work with, uh, mm-hmm. the artists may not read, they may read it, may not read the contract, but almost everybody, I, I can't think of anybody in the last few years that didn't work with an attorney on their side who would tell yeah, them true. what they're getting into. That. So, so today I feel like the artists are, the independent artists certainly is more buttoned up on their legal side. They have they have great accounting, so they know what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. Gosh, you know, if a big yeah. label says we're going to release you at some point, you're you kind mm-hmm. of you just get excited about that. But three years later, it's just that's a sobering. You know, you feel like a granddad by the time it comes out. I mean, look at what happened with out. Scotty McCreary. Look at what happened with Scotty yeah. McCreary. They, I, I don't know what did, what happened, but he didn't take off under a, the label, and then he ends up going out and just does it as an independent, and he blew up. Yeah, that's right, and that's happening. That that I just can't tell you how many times that has happened. Um, you know, going back in in my history, um, there's there's a great. You know, I got to work on so many great albums, but probably one of the most iconic that I got to be executive producer on was on mm-hmm. uh, Heart in Motion by Amy Grant, which was uh, it, oh, wow. probably several of your listeners don't even know Amy, and number two, they probably don't know that she had a big song called Baby Baby years ago, <laughs> and that song. When we were producing that song uh, on, on that multi-million selling album, there was that song, Baby, Baby. Well, the, the head of the mm-hmm. label, the head of the label oh, wow. wanted to pull it off of the record before we actually put it out. He, he said, yeah, I don't get this song. We need to pull it off. I'm freaking out. I'm actually going, oh, my gosh, we've got it. This is a hit song. We can't take this off. Mm-hmm. And so while, <laughs> while we're trying to figure out what to do, I'm actually trying to get Aretha Franklin to sing a duet with Amy on that song. Mm-hmm. So we can keep it on the album because I'm going, you know, if Aretha sings with Amy, the record label is surely not going to pull it off of the, the album. And while we're working on that very thing to happen, uh, that song got slipped to a, a radio station in San Diego. They played it uh, as it was without Aretha. It's just mm-hmm. Amy singing Baby Baby and it literally blew up. The record label guy mm-hmm. missed it. The record, the, the radio show picked it up and it blew up and it went, it just went global. <laughs> Within days, it was all over the place. So, you know, labels are not, they're not always, you know, we've all, we've all had our artists that we <laughs> could have signed or we should have signed. Uh-huh. And so, you know, we're not, nobody's perfect in this creative art. How about Luke but, Combs? You know, like yeah, Luke Combs, I, mean, I think he said six of his number ones, um, the, whatever label it was that he went to and all that, they said, oh, they would never work. Yeah. And, yeah. and all songs and, and, and if, I, if I remember his story correctly that he actually tweeted it out talking about every song that they said wouldn't work went number one right I mean he blew up so he so the lesson here and this is for your listeners sitting or Joe sitting in mm-hmm. Kansas he's got yeah. to go so you're telling me there's a chance you're telling me <laughs> I might you're telling me I might do it so here's what I, I would want to tell Joe in Topeka 
or, mm-hmm. or Gary in London. Look, if you yeah. love music, you got it. Finally, comes back. Luke Combs wrote th- those songs because he loves music. He loves doing this. Mm-hmm. He's got a passion for it. He believes in it. And even the guy that said these will never work, just like the guy told Amy Grant, this will never work. This is the same. Mm-hmm. It, you're always going to have people making black and white calls on stuff that we really don't know. There's not one person in the industry today that knows what the silver bullet is that's going to be the next, you know, yep. Casey Musgraves hit song. And there we really don't isn't know. the most, There really isn't a silver bullet because it, everybody is There's unique. Not a, and, and that's why a Luke Combs can come along and explode when everybody everybody was looking left. He comes up. From the right, and it's like, wow, where, how did that happen? So there's 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 no silver bullet, but yet we've got to be doing this. Songwriters, if you're mm-hmm. sitting in Topeka and you love to make music, you can't afford to move to Nashville, then you're going to have to. Then what we can do now, because of COVID nineteen, even more so, is you can go online mm-hmm. and you gotta you gotta find your team, you gotta find your partners that right. you can write with. That maybe that song that's in you that needs to come out can come out and really be one of those great songs that changes changes our culture changes our i mean mm-hmm. brings hope to people that are just you know that's what music's supposed to do is is just lift yep. us up and and make us feel something that we don't even know how to describe in our in our soul of the songs that you've seen become hits what is is there i mean of course this would be a broad question but of the songs that you've seen become hits through y'all is there like a theme that almost that that is that come through all of them, or is it just scattered in all different things? Yeah, I think it, 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 at least the songwriting you, we're still young enough. You got to realize we're just five months in on the earth. As uh, even though the the uh, Joe Beck and Billy Sprague have been working on this thing for a little over three mm-hmm. years, we launched this whole thing, Songwriting University, in uh, in, in uh, December. So we're we're barely five months into it. But I will tell you that um, uh, a little bit of what I was saying a while ago. Gosh, all of a sudden you got. Uh, every writer comes with a different twist of what they've they've mm-hmm. either been through, you know, a heart loss of a divorce or a child loss or or this mm-hmm. COVID nineteen took their parents or something. You know, everybody typically uh, the thing we all try to run from and try to you know hide from <laughs> yep. is that we've all got pain. We've all got you know we got mm-hmm. things that are breaking our hearts every day. Well, you know, we we all get these phone calls, we get these stories, and then so people everywhere that are calling in. They got their stories they want to tell, or they want to they want to say mm-hmm. something positive, or so they want to say something really negative about. I hate you know, you know, because we have a culture right now that talks more about what we hate than what we like. But you know, songwriters <laughs> can turn that around. They really can. Uh, they really can become a voice of. Okay, people, we need to rally. I mean, I look back in the seventies when, when you know, when all of the the Vietnam War was going on. I look at the great music that came out of that experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, people trying to express their feelings and, you know, mm-hmm. every, the, from the Beatles to, you know, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, all of the great music that came out of that, even the Eagles, there was a lot of, it was coming from a lot of pain. And by the way, the Eagles had so much pain that came to their music. They broke up for 10 years and wouldn't even talk to each other. And then when they finally <laughs> came back, because they finally came back and said, you know, we need to make, we need to make music. Uh, it's, uh, and, you know, finances finally come back for everybody. So, I, I don't know that we see. There's purpose in your pain. There's purpose in the pain. I would just say, let don't soak in your pain. Don't sit in your pain. Figure out how to yeah. either paint, either go write a song, learn how to mm-hmm. get. Let your pain come out because it's it's in your soul. Let it be an art piece that comes out of you. I 
I truly believe that's a God-given thing to everybody has has something they want to let out from a creative standpoint. And I, gosh, I, I think we just need to encourage that more. And I think this COVID-19 it makes us think about our pain more. And yeah, I think it's going to push people wanting to do more about their creative mm-hmm. gifting. That's what I think. And, and you know, um, like, um, and songs with pain do move, you, you have an attachment to that. Like Anna Christina Cash um, did a song, I think it's called Broken Roses, if, I'm not remember, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, exactly. And, and um, it's about, of course, addictions where a guy takes his life at the very end and, and went there and battles yeah. with his wife. And, and that really hit home with me. Because I went through 19 years of addictions and until 12 years ago, and my wife went through a lot in the first five years of our marriage because of those addictions. Congratulations. She loved me buddy. through them. Congratulations. Thank you. And she loved me through them. But in that song, when it gets to the end, I mean, it moved me to tears because I was that guy, except I didn't yeah. cross that line. I was there, though. I was, I was, I was ready to cross that line. But yeah. I took a different route than he did in that song, and and that song right. moved me so much. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I, you just made me think of, a, of one of my experiences uh, uh, years ago. But there was a song by Mike and the Mechanics, not a country thing, but it was Mike and the Mechanics, and it was a, a song called "In the Living Years." And I remember mm-hmm. driving down the road, and it's about a a son talking about his dad. <clears throat> And mm-hmm. that what he wished he would have done while his dad was alive. And I mean, wow. it caught me. I pulled over on the side <laughs> of the road and just wept. I just was like going, holy yeah. moly. Talk about a song catching you off guard. And mm-hmm. so that's what, that's what a great song. And by the way, I, this, this, is a, this is a good place to inject. It's not just the lyrics. They call it the music yeah. business, not the lyric business, because <laughs> it is about the music is so important. And so many mm-hmm. times songwriters, they, they, they have a great lyric, but they don't have a great melody. They don't have a great yeah. – and, and the, music, um, the music is as critical, if not more so, but when you put that with a great lyric, that's when people get touched. And I, I go listen to that and in the, the voice. years. I, I think the voice has to do oh, a course. lot too because like um, our, our second guest later for our Chris and Sandy show is, um, is Gary Morris. And, oh, he yeah, had, and one of the one of the songs that one. I listened to that they sent me is called The Moment. And uh, that really moved me earlier. Not because that's happened to me yet about the death of a I guess it was a spouse, I guess it was. Um, but it made me think that you know, what would I do if Sandy wasn't here? <laughs> you know, because yeah. uh, yeah. that, that was how I would that song is how I would feel. And and, right. and right. yeah, and his voice with that song and like you said and the melody just really moved me earlier when I listened to that song and it was like wow you know yeah well it's funny uh, uh, not not to go all biblical on you but there's a great story in the Bible about music when it talks about mm-hmm. King Saul being tormented by an evil spirit it said David would come in and play and it would mm-hmm. take the evil spirit away and when I yep. when I read that as a kid I went I remember thinking Man, there's something about just music, just music <laughs> without the lyric that when it's right, when it's the right mm-hmm. thing, it can be healing. Music can just be healing. Yep. And I think, I think a lot of us, um, I, in fact, I know a lot of the independent artists, they don't, mm-hmm. think they, they don't think as much about the music as they'll work on their lyrics. And then they get caught working on their business, and they, get, they lose mm-hmm. working on their art. And their art, what they do artistically, 
is incredibly important. So you've got to find that balance of where do I, where do I find the quiet time or the place where I can really let my, really let my music come out of me. Yeah. And what is, the, even if I just have one line, you know, if I, uh, if I just mm-hmm. sit on this one line for a while, it may take a year before I really figure out what to do with it, but don't hurry the music just because you got one good yeah. lyric. And then don't get caught into trying to be an executive of your record label, your independency, <laughs> and forget that you're an artist-writer. It's, it's critical. Yeah. It's really important to remember that you're, a, you're gifted as a writer and an artist, even if it's mm-hmm. just in your yeah. own eyes, you're gifted. Mm-hmm. That's, that makes a lot of sense. Now, when you look back over the last decade, um, a lot's changed in the music business. Um, what do you think are some of the good changes and bad changes that's happened over the last 10 to 20 years? Oh, gosh, Chris. Uh, you're – good question. I would say the thing <laughs> that a... – um, uh, I think the thing that uh, I – gosh, I love tremendously mm-hmm. right now is – that we're not being able to experience. But when it comes back, it's going to be a fury. It's just a live performance. I think yeah. uh, I love almost everything from a 200-seat performance all mm-hmm. the way up to the arena. I, it, it used to be you only got the really great shows if you went to the big arena because they had all the sound and yeah. lights. Now it's, now it's like, well, I mean, we go to a place called Third and Lindsley here, and there's like mm-hmm. three or 400 people there, and uh, and it's just great. My, my, my wife and I mm-hmm. just drink it in, the, just music. So the, mm-hmm. the richness of music being uh, from the Ryman to, you know, to every mm-hmm. venue that's closed right now uh, it has, has been probably the best part because the, because the music experience is the way these artists make money more than selling their music. The music mm-hmm. is almost just the, the marketing tool for you to come see them, to buy a ticket. So when that, when that ticket sale is gone mm-hmm. right now, I mean, we got artists mm-hmm. that are struggling, that are hurting so bad because that's mm-hmm. how they that's how they pay their electric bill. So, I, I think that's been because that's become so important. It's been mm-hmm. really part of the. It's been great to see that explode over the last ten years. It's always been there, but it's just gotten better. Uh, the worst yeah. part about the industry to me is that we really have lost this uh, collection of music that. Like on Casey Musgraves, this last album, you know, mm-hmm. when I got it, I just I drank in the whole thing. I don't like every song yeah. equally, but I like the project yeah. tremendously. And so they go I look back at music just because I'm older than most of you guys. I, I look back at music that I listened to back in the 70s and 80s, and you know, we listened to the album. So I miss the fact that we don't have a body of work. It, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it's uh, when you go to a portrait gallery to you know to see a great artist. And you see a collection of his work, it does something to you more than just that one painting. So I, I miss that part. And by the way, that was a really that was a wonderful uh, retail sale that you could sell at concerts or in stores. Mm-hmm. In stores sold music. I'm, I miss that because that's why people discovered music, and they discovered a whole lot of music. And and uh, mm-hmm. so I miss that. And I think that I don't ever see it coming back, unfortunately. <laughs> However, I did talk to one of my a friend of mine who's. Uh, works for Amazon in the mm-hmm. DVD distribution sales, and he said he's had the best quarter um, oh, wow. uh, their company has ever had. And I said, are you kidding me? Are people buying <laughs> CDs? He said, I don't know what's going on. People are buying more DVDs and CDs right now, and probably because we're yeah. all sitting home going, hey, I think I'd like to keep that or get that or I don't want to mm-hmm. buy it in the cloud. I'd like to have it. So I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> I don't think it's coming back on a – a big enough scale to support all yeah. artists like we used to, but I, I do miss that. 
Yeah, and and you know that's one of the reasons we started the Chris and Sandy show and and the whole new country buzz, new country media idea, is, and you know we love of course the Blake Sheltons and Mirandas of and course, Carrie's. of, of course, course we love them, but when you listen to some of these other artists that are trying to rise, like man they could give Blake a run for his money, they could, they could give Carrie a run for her money. There are people out there <laughs> that nobody's never heard of. And I'm True. like, man, there's just so much talent there. And and like True. I said, we've interviewed ninety of them, you know, in the last since January third. And, you know, and we wanted to give we wanted to give um artists a platform to where sure. and, 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 and one thing that I've noticed that, that's not out there for the smaller artists. Now for the big artists, this exists. But see, when 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 they're when people interview smaller artists, they usually do it about twenty minutes. That's that's usually average. So they don't sure. really get to talk about their story. They talk about only sure. the music. I wanted yeah, to create a platform to give people enough time to actually share their story, share their thoughts, share oh, their yeah. feelings. It's awesome. Make, it a, awesome. make it a conversation to where, where they tell stories. I tell stories with them because I like to talk. <laughs> you know? yeah. And we just make it a conversation <laughs> and have the world listen. And, Absolutely. And, and our average show is like not as 60 minutes. I mean, and in fact, Car- Carlene Carter and Jenny Gill both went an hour and a half with us on that. We oh, treasure wow. those moments, though. And, and, yeah. you know, and that's one of them things to where you're like, um, I'm like, and a lot of the artists are loving what we're doing because, again, we're giving them a platform to just share, share their thoughts, that's share perfect. their feelings. And, that's so and perfect. that nobody else that's is great. doing because. Because most people are doing it on a lower scale, and of course, like I said, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, other hosts they do their shows where you do 20 minute segments and all that, and that's great. We just wanted to be unique yeah. and let them tell their story. Oh, I love that. I think uh, Chris, it's so important, and you know, the uh, we're we're all truly moved by people's stories because you know what? It really shows how much we're all alike in so many ways. Mm-hmm. So that when you write that 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 one heartbreak song. And I don't mm-hmm. know your story, but I hear those words. I go, well, that's my story. I relate to it because of my yeah. story. So mm-hmm. I think the fact you're doing it, I, I think I heard you say at the beginning of the thing that you're looking at down the road, maybe doing some kind of a, uh, a gathering, some kind of a get-together on uh, this. Mm-hmm. I think you should think about how do we, how, how would be a cool way to show off that those uh, developing artists. If you've done 90, there's, gosh, there's got to be a third of those that would be probably – Fun to listen to on yeah, because yeah, we thought some you know, kind of a we gathering. Thought about like if we, because we thought about if we made it like a weekend event where we where we sure. bring on um, people like you to come speak on basically the where the music business is, is where it's going just like the state of the music business exactly what it's called like the state of the union but for for music and but then in between segments we would have artists that we believe in that that we've sure. interviewed in the past and that come yeah. and play for everybody. You know, so yeah, we have we've definitely thought about doing a whole big weekend type event. Wouldn't be, I mean, maybe it starts out like a one day to as a trial type thing. I don't yeah. know, yeah. or or who, or if we get enough interest, who knows? Maybe we just say, you know what, we'll just go all in and make it a whole weekend event, and we'll just figure it out. <laughs> I love that. I love. Well, I I think this is a good place for me to just say now. Here's here's something for all the independent artists. I assume all those mm-hmm. ninety were they? How many of them were? Uh, duos or or uh, bands or were they? Would you say predominantly well, we, they're we, all we, single had, artists? It's, it's predominantly single, but we've actually been doing a lot more. Do in fact, and what's funny is yesterday 
and this wasn't planned. It's funny. You just never know where, and I'm a big spiritual person where God's going to lead things. But, um, but it, yesterday was not planned. But we actually hmm. had two teen, two sets of teen sister duos. Hmm. And and again, wow. that was not you know, uh, I mean not teen, yeah, but two sure. two sister, I mean two sister duos. My bad, not teen. They were both in their twenties. Wow. Um, but and one was tw- twins, which was pretty cool. Wow. And yeah, cool. but it, 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 it was really cool that the way that worked, and they, and they were awesome. And and then yeah. we had and then we and then of course we had a trio on recently, um, Honey County. Yeah. Um, and so we, we're starting to see a few more of the where there's multiple yeah. people, you know. Yeah. But a, for the most part, it's been just mostly artists trying to make it. But right. there is and a percentage of and, people that we're seeing. Yeah, we've we've got a young group that you may have to have on called Mama Deer that is uh, a, a trio uh, uh, that's just starting out, and they they're gosh, they've got some new music coming, but they're they're kind of in that same thing. What I love, mm-hmm. and this is I love. Um, I mean, I, I don't think this is old school. I think this is becoming new school. Yeah. Collaboration is the mix, is the magic sauce. Mm-hmm. It's it's when uh, uh, John Lennon and Paul McCartney got together, the mm-hmm. magic happened. So I'm, uh, when Crosby, Stills, and Nash got together and started singing, it the magic happened. Then they found the voice. How about, their, how about Dan and Shay and Justin Bieber? And Dan and Shay, listen, Dan and Shay, oh my gosh, even Brooks and Dunn. There's <laughs> the magic in collaboration. So I would... I would say to you that to the young artists, yes, it's important for you to do your thing, but you're missing a piece of the magic sauce, which is collaboration. Now, you can get that going to something like Songwriting University and collaborate with really mm. good writers and work on your music. But there's also a harmony piece in here that learning how mm-hmm. to how to harmonize with somebody and sing with somebody, how to how to really let that uh, come through is a uh, something we're not. The independent artists, we've, we've, we've kind of propped it up so far that I would say 90% of it is all single, you know, single-running mm-hmm. artists trying to do their own thing. And you know why The Voice and American Idol, why you sing, why you sing uh, songs that people know is because most of the time people don't want to hear a new voice with a new song that mm-hmm. they don't relate to. It's got to be something really, really special. Yep. Obviously – it happens every day. Something, somebody will break out. But typically, yeah. when you're on, you're in any kind of a place. Uh, a lot of the artists that I even uh, meet with and advise, I go, look, I love your new music. However, nobody's mm-hmm. going to relate to it because they don't take time to listen very far to new music. What we got to do is you got to do, I call it your 30 minutes. You got to get your 30 minutes uh, produced. And everybody looks at me like, what does that mean? I say, you've got to go get together a 30 minute set that probably has four songs, cover songs that you love, that you wish you would have sung, and then two of your own new songs that you can say, I wrote this thing, and let people react to it. And if people don't react, mm-hmm. if people don't respond, then you know what? You need to think about, number one, don't, don't go away going, I don't know why they don't like that song. That song means the world to me. It's got my mama. You can't do that. You, gotta yeah. go, you know what? People are not reacting. There must, not, there must be something. It's just, it's not connecting like I thought it would. It's, that, this yeah. has got to be like the you know, but you can't you can't treat it like that. You got to let people's reactions. So I I really tell a lot of the yeah, artists exactly. I work with, work on your thirty minutes, put together a show. Don't talk between each song. If you have to explain what you're about to sing, the song you don't. Mm-hmm. It really tells me you you probably don't believe the song's that strong anyway. So oh, you're wow. gonna have to tell me every time you start a song. Here's here's mm-hmm. what this song means, where it came from. Then then go finish writing that song and and sing it and let people and, stop in their tracks and go. 
Good gosh, where did that come from? And you know what? And you know what's great if if they wouldn't say that because then people will be they'll have tainted ears. You when, right. when you do a song that's even if it's meaning to you, you want people to take from that song something in their life. That's right. So if that's you right. go on and so if you go up front and tell people this is where this song came from. You've already right. painted their ears, and they may not get it. And 100%. That's there. And obviously, there's times you can, but, I mean, I think of the, the great artists I go to that mm. literally that get up and uh, they don't say anything. You, you've already – you're so locked in with them <laughs> on their art and their music and their songs mm-hmm. that by the time they talk on the fifth song, you're kind of going, man, I'm, I'm, in, I'm totally in sync. And so, I, I, <laughs> you know, my encouragement is – uh, we've got people trying to play it music, and they're not performing music. They're not really. Mm-hmm. They're no not way. thinking about how do I present this in a way that it's going to move people, so that by the time I mm-hmm. play my one big song for them, they're going to be melted and you know, mm-hmm. uh, and and just just in a heap because uh, because yeah. the way I the way I built my thirty minutes, the way I built my little my little opening set. So when Keith Urban calls mm-hmm. and says. Hey, I'm gonna let you open up for me for 30 minutes. I know exactly how to put that 30 minutes together to move people to listen to my one or two big songs. But I'm gonna move mm-hmm. them because of the way I presented it. I can't expect people yep. to go, you know, that's God's the greatest song since you know, <laughs> Hey Jude. Hey, they're not gonna do that yet. They've got their people are sitting there listening. They don't want to listen. They want to listen to Keith Urban. But you gotta you gotta think about presentation. I'm a big I'm a big nut on that. <laughs> And here's an important issue that I've seen in this industry that that I'd like to talk about a little bit. Um, Sandy and I have been part of many different industries um, through our year, 17 years of marriage, and we've tried. We've tried it all. You, you you could almost name the type of business, and we've probably tried it. Uh, <laughs> um, I hear try, you. Trying to I find trying to find our way here until this whole music thing came along for us. Um, but we've tried it all, and and. And something I've noticed is different in other industries. And it's not that they don't have this. It seems like the music industry is worse, and that's scam artists. One thing I've noticed about music is it seems like there's more scam artists in music than any other industry. Now, that, that may not be true, but from what I've seen, it just seems like it. How do How do you help artists steer from – from these people that are promising this and can't deliver. I mean, how, what are you, how do you um, overcome that in this crazy industry? <laughs> well, it, it's, it's an interesting question, Chris. I think, gosh, I think a little bit about um, uh, today in this industry, I don't know mm-hmm. that we have that many scammers because it doesn't look mm-hmm. like there's that much money anywhere around. Scammers tend to show up when they think they can go make a quick buck. And make a mm-hmm. just go make a dollar. Most of the, most of the people doing music, all of these independents are doing it because they love music. So, mm-hmm. but the problem is, uh, a scammer on another side, it, it, even if somebody loves their music, but mm-hmm. they don't want to listen to counsel. And this is where our good advice, or they don't want to collaborate. To me, mm-hmm. you're, you're setting yourself up as an island that you're going to be out there all by yourself. And if you wow. win, you're by yourself. And if you lose, you're definitely by yourself. So there's a part of it that I go, uh, you cannot be, you, you've got to build your team. You've got to build the people that yeah. you trust that can tell you about a song or tell you about a mm-hmm. chord change. You go, that doesn't, that's not working. That chord against that other chord's not working. Something. You've got to have people that can yeah. talk to you like that. And mm-hmm. that's why I tell artists all the time, even if you don't listen to me, 
even if you believe your music is the greatest. And by the way, to be an artist, you you have to you have, have kind to. of a cocky attitude, like I really believe I got it, or else yeah. trust me, nobody would do it. But at the same time, you've got to be willing to you've got to be willing to go. I believe it. I believe the song. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put mm-hmm. it out. I'm going to put it up on Spotify and Apple. And we're going to see. And if people don't react to it, if it doesn't get picked up, and only eight people listen to it. You need to know. Well, that song does not work, no matter how much I love it. I mean, I had I had a, mm-hmm. a young writer yeah. come into me one day, and he said, "Man, would you listen to my music?" I said, "Well, sure. I, I, I listen to all the music." And uh, <laughs> he brought it in, and it's about four or five songs, and he played them, and I immediately started telling him, "Well, here's what's wrong with this song, and and mm-hmm. um, and here's how you need to change this. And by the way, don't say this in a song. Here's you need to say. So we, I was just doing what I do, which is just hopefully. Yeah. Uh, critically encouraging, but it's like, this is not going to work. It's my opinion, but yeah. that's what I'm telling him. Well, he, he looked at me and said, no, 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 I, I don't I don't want to change these songs. These are my babies. And I went, okay, let's get this straight. That's if the problem. These are your babies, and you think your babies are the most beautiful babies that have ever been born. You you get to keep them. They're your babies. But if you want to be in the music business, you've got to learn to listen, and you've got to learn to have mm-hmm. collaboration and let other people speak into your life to tell you what's good, bad, or ugly. And there's a part of that. Independent artists today are really coming out of a culture that just kind of like, I'm just going to be me, go do me, mm-hmm. wait for me <laughs> to be recognized, and me will be my biggest fan. And I go, there's, there's a little confidence in there. And society prepared people to do that. And well, society, they you know, we as a society has pushed people that you have to be independent, you have to be independent, you have to be independent, you have to be independent. And independence on almost so many fronts, whether it's in marriage, whether it's in, like you said, collaboration, in music, right. in business, doesn't matter. Independence is destroying relationships. Absolutely. And, I, I mean, you've got to have two to have a good marriage. So you have to have two or three to have a great <laughs> harmony in a song. It takes collaboration. Mm-hmm. And you've got to have people who speak truth that are going to tell you, mm-hmm. I, but I, I love you, but that song you're singing about your dog <laughs> is just not working. It's just not going I mean – and if the guy goes, but it's about my dog I had for 20 years ago, well, then keep it. <laughs> keep it in your catalog, but it just yep, ain't working. And do another one. Nobody's buying that song. Let's, work on a, let's go work on another song about a dog, but let's, let's do it different. And that's where collaboration helps <clears throat> you in your presentation. Mm-hmm. So it's real important. And, real important. And, and, you know, and that's why on our show, the Chris and Sandy show, when we're interviewing artists, one thing I always do, because I want people to – because a lot of times when fans see artists, they see the artists. They don't see the PR companies. They don't see the producers. They don't see the managers. So they don't. So yeah. on every artist that we interview, I give them some time to talk about um, each of those things because nobody else does that. And and right. I want them to talk about their team because I want people to know that, that if you're going to get into this business, you have to have a team, even if it's a small yeah. team. Like I, like I, I remember, um, I think it was a quote from Justin Bieber, if I'm not mistaken where he said recently that, that what it took six people in his family to do now takes 300. Well, 100, I'm sure that's true. And, 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 <laughs> and, 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 and that's I probably, I probably could do it for 100. If he would tell me, can you cut this down to 100? I probably could get her done. But that being said, <laughs> that's right. I think, there, I think the problem is, and I, and I happen to have visited with Justin's mom, Beaver's mom, and mm-hmm. I know that at the end of the day, she's got a huge voice into his life. And and then mm-hmm. and if he didn't listen to it and didn't receive that from her, he's missing some yeah. wisdom and some truth that he needs yep. to have to become to be sustained as an artist that he really would like to be. So I, you know, I think 
um, uh, I, I think we're in a place that, uh, and, and this is why the music business for me today is as much fun mm-hmm. as it was back when <laughs> I started early songs mm-hmm. with Amy Grant was just because uh, it's still about, uh, I don't want to be the artist. I'm not going to be up on stage, yeah. but I want to help that artist be the very <laughs> best they can. And if they yeah. listen, then we might have a shot. If they don't listen, then I go, God bless you. Go do what you think you're supposed to go do. And, and I'll see you. I'll see you down the road. So yeah. I think so as, collaboration so as we, and all yeah, that is everything around. It's real important. Yeah. So as we start to close um, this show up, what, where do you think, think that music is going? See, knowing that where it's been, knowing where we are right now because of COVID, where do you see it in the next one, two years? Um, just give us your vision, that, at least where you hope we're going. I think, I think number one, and I say this kind of laughing, I think we're about to have a baby boom for one thing. We're going to have more families having babies than ever because we're all staying home. Second of all, I think on that kind of a note, I just think we're, we're probably in the biggest content development. We're probably, we've got people mm-hmm. sitting at home right now collaborating, doing Zoom calls, working on stuff. Try, I mean, got, got more fear, got more anxious, got more things we're worried about, never seen anything like this. So I think even in, from TV shows to songs, the actual songs, I think we're in a, we're in a soup bowl that probably mm-hmm. the best content that we've ever seen is going to pop up wow. in the next two years. And then it's going to go and through it, the presentation of tours, concerts, gigs, shows, TV mm-hmm. shows. Even though we've had a wealth of – we've got so many places where you can go watch stuff, I think the content that's being built right now in the creative mm-hmm. world is probably going to be the best because of the time we have. So I think I, I would – I you know, like I told you a little while ago, I tend to be the optimist about everything. But I, I tend to I believe, love that. Uh, well, we're not going to get, we're never going to get out of music. Music's never going to go away. Yeah. I mean, uh, the American Pie, the day the music died, I go, it's just not going to die now. <laughs> the, the business yeah. of music, it, it's changed change. faster and more than mm. the real estate, the banking. It's because of what technology has done to music. It's made it mm. so much more wide open that I don't think mm. we know exactly where it's going to go, but we know this. Here's what we know. A great song a great song coming from a passionate place with a great voice is always going to stop us. It's going to do something to us and mm-hmm. it's going to speak to our soul. It's going to speak to our heart and our head. And I'm just going to, I think we've got some of the best stuff is, is going to be popping up here in the next two or three years because of this season. That's right awesome. That's what I think. It gives me hope. That's what I believe. And I love that because again, I, be- I believed that beforehand, but you know, there's still this thing where you look at things and, and and although it's it looks like everything's crashing right now, and and of course our country's always had issues and uh, through the years where things sure. happen, sure. and I know we'll get and I know we'll get through all this. Um, we'll find a way. But yeah, but what you just said about where you think it's going, and I didn't I didn't even think about the whole songwriting side. That this is probably going to be the rise of the songwriter. I love right. that. And I think that's where in my in my mind and with my partners and Jerry Glover, Joe Beck, and Billy Sprague that. When we launched the Songwriting University, mm-hmm. I think we were we were just on the front edge of that. We we didn't know mm-hmm. about COVID. We didn't have any clue about that. <laughs> yep. But but the truth of the matter is that we truly uh, we truly believe that um, uh, uh, you know that there's something on the songwriting thing that number one Nashville doesn't need to lose. We won't lose. Mm-hmm. We need to 
We need to embrace that, and we need to offer that to the world. And so as a result, I'll, I'll, I'll close with this. We're, get, we're doing a songwriting contest. If there's anybody out there that's listening to it, they should go to Songwriting You and submit your songs, just like at any oh, wow. songwriting contest. But we're going to give away $10,000 to the winner on a songwriting uh, scenario mm-hmm. at the end of June. So it's the kind of thing that I think we're in, we're in this fabulous content thing. I think Songwriting University is going to be a player in that world, and it's going to mm-hmm. be fun to watch this content come around. So it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And we look and we look forward to watching you being um, making a difference in that world, just like we hope that we make a big difference in this world. Absolutely. Well, I wish the best for you and Sandy. I do, I'm sorry she couldn't be with us today, but maybe we can come back and later on down the road and talk about how things are either progressing or changing or what yeah. they're doing. So exactly. And we look forward. And to if that. you guys come, look, come to Nashville, uh, come you know come find us. Well, we'd love to sit down and. I mean, as long as we can eat without a mask, I'm happy to get back out and go eat somewhere. So. <laughs> sounds, sounds good to us. That's awesome. We look forward to it. And we appreciate having you on today. Well, thank you. Thank you, Chris. Pleasure to meet you. And thanks to all your, your fans out there. We're, we, we, we just pray the best things for you guys and your family through this season. All right. Thank you. And we'll talk to you real soon. Have a blessed okay. day. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Hey, everyone. Hope you really enjoyed the State of the Music Business podcast today. We've got a second show coming at you at 2 o'clock, and we'll see you then.